friends, welcome to Christy Talks. I'm so excited. Today we are talking about being assertive over being aggressive. And I have a special guest with me today. I have my good friend, Nat Estrada. Welcome, Nat. And I'm so excited to talk to her today about this subject because she is a very strong and assertive person, but she's also a very empathetic person that has just this unique ability to see people's pain and show up for them when they need it the most. So when I was thinking about this topic, I thought of Nat and what a great conversation we could have about just her life, how she came to God and how her personality changed or did not change, how she met her husband and what mother she wants to be. So let's get started and talk about being assertive over being aggressive. So welcome to the show, Nat. Thank you. So Nat, let's just start by maybe tell me a little bit about your childhood, how you grew up, and how that influenced who you became and how you became a Christian. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I grew up in Chino Hills. My family and I, my parents lived in Chino Hills, Um, had my brother, then had me after, like six years after, then had my sister four years after. So I grew up with a brother, a sister, I was in the middle, Um, but Growing up was never too, too easy. You know, I know a lot of people have their story, but for me, it was a lot of like living paycheck to paycheck. However, my mom stayed home with us. And so I think that was like the biggest blessing. She always got really creative with what we did and how we were entertained throughout the day. And um, I just, when my mom went back to work, I took it upon myself to be like that motherly figure to my sister. But my mom always jokes and says, she's like your doll. You would dress her up. You would take her here, take her there. And honestly, I felt that way. She was like my little girl. Um, But yeah, so that's basically how we grew up, was involved with sports. Soccer was my thing. It was my sister's thing too. Baseball was my brother's. We're always at the field. Um, And then, you know, going to school, soccer, sports, that's pretty much what my childhood looked like. And then it wasn't until high school where I got the gospel preached to me thoroughly for like a whole entire year. Um, One of my good friends in psychology class would sit next to me and just tell me like the gospel all the time. And I remember just being like, yeah, yeah, like I know, don't worry, like I know who God is. But at the time I didn't believe in the Lord. Like I didn't really think there was someone higher, that there was a God. And it wasn't until after high school where I always tell people I feel like my world was caving in. My boyfriend broke up with me. All my friends were leaving to college. Um, My parents at the time were talking about getting a divorce, and I felt the loneliest I had ever felt. And throughout the high school, or throughout high school, I got involved with a lot of drugs and the wrong crowd and drinking and stuff. And so I remember at that moment believing, like thinking, like, I can't go back to those things. Those things I know aren't fulfilling. And I really feel, you know, like a teenage girl, like my world's ending. Like I know that going to a party is not going to fix it. And so I called up that friend that, so really quick, this was the summer after high school. And so I called up that friend who was preaching the gospel to me, like all senior year. Mm -hmm. And I said, look, my world is ending. I don't, my boyfriend broke up with me. My friends are leaving. I need, I need to talk to you. So we met at Denny's and I remember he sat there with me and said, Nat, you're always shooing me away when I try talking to you about God, but I want to ask you, like, are you saved? And I remember like my life, my life flashed before my eyes. And I remember thinking like, am I saved? Like, am I saved from my brokenness? Am I saved from the things that hurt me? Like 
safe from the damage my parents had done or, you know, the things I had seen and I was way too young. Like, no, like I'm not saved, but I want to be. And so I told him like, no, but I need to, like, I need to. So what do I do? And he gave me the gospel again. And I remember driving home crying, just being like, I have no idea who this God is and who this Jesus is who died on the cross for me. But like, I want it. Like, I want to walk with you, Lord. And that was 2014. And that was, that was how I came to the Lord. And I started going to Calvary Chapel by myself. I invited my good friend. And I said, if you want to come, come. If not, it's fine. But I'm going to church. And shortly after, got involved with a lot of people, huge community that I had built. But that's basically how I came to the Lord. And ever since then, I've been walking with God since. So that's like a cliff note version of my testimony and how I grew up. So then tell me kind of about once you became a Christian, did you kind of just have to get rid of your whole personality or what happened? How did you change? And maybe what ways did you not change? Yeah, that's a good question because, and I think I touched on it a little bit, like my parents were both working. And so I became like, kind of like not caregiver of my sister, but really like took her to practice, cooked for her. Like, I think that's really where my assertive personality stemmed from. Like I kind of had to like put on the pants of I'm going to take care of you. Um, I'm going to make the big decisions because mom and dad are at work. And um, when I became a Christian, I remember thinking like, like, hold on, I want to go back because that assertive personality did get me in trouble a lot. Like I became a little too confident about things. I became a little too um, assertive in areas I maybe shouldn't have. However, when I became a Christian, I remember being like, okay, like this is my personality. I'm a believer now, but I still feel like I have this personality trait of being assertive. Um, I'm not like, I would look around, like I'm not like these other Christian men or women I see around me, like very soft-spoken, very um, easygoing. Like, I remember just thinking like, I'm still this, like, I feel controlling still. Like, what is this? Like, do I get rid of this? So I remember praying for the longest time, God, like, help me not be this way. Help me be more like you. And like, those are good prayers, but I was praying away a gift I could have used for the Lord at the time. Um, so I really just went through a journey of learning, like, how can I be assertive yet loving towards the people around me? And I learned a lot because like I like it, it I learned a lot because there weren't always or it wasn't always a time of me being soft spoken. I mean, there's been a lot of times where I've been um aggressive in the way that I approach a situation and I have had to go home and be like, um, I could have handled that differently. So it's been a learning a learning curve. Hey friends, just a quick interruption to remind you to rate and review the pod it helps me get the word out all you have to do is click leave a review and send some love thanks what does it look like now to kind of keep your strength intact keep your personality intact but at the same time really prioritize being a loving and empathetic friend to others i love this question because i feel like in the past year or two my assertive trait has really like calmed down like I've shied it away from situations and it's just from being very passive like growing to be very passive growing to be very intimidating like or intimidated like no I'm not going to be assertive in this area I'm nervous of how people are gonna perceive it or I don't want to be controlling so I'm just gonna opt out completely but one thing that's pushed me to gain back that trait is the love I need to have for people around me 
something my husband challenged me with this past year was, do you love people as much as Christ loves you? And my answer was like, no, I don't even think I love you the best to my best ability. Like, I think I can love you and my son and my family members a lot more than I do because it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like how Jesus loves me. And so for me, like the love I have to people around me is really what pushes me to be assertive in situations because now it, it doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter um, if I think it's right or if I think it's wrong. It's what does the Bible say? The Bible encourages you to build unity and to build, build peace around people. And whatever I found is that in doing that, I need to be assertive. I need to, you know, keep people accountable around me and have those tough conversations. So for me, it's like, understanding that when I do that, it's out of love. Yeah. And so I've, I've just really had to buckle down and do you love these people? Like Christ loves you. And if you don't, it's fun. Let's work at it. But because you do now, you need to be assertive. Yeah. That's really how I feel like it's yeah. correlated. For That's me. so interesting because I think it's so true. I think we can get so caught up in like the gray areas in life and try and like control people or guide them to like adhere to what we believe and be like, oh, I'm going to be assertive because this is what I believe to be true. But what you're saying, which I think is very good, is that when it comes to God's truth and when it comes to something that's biblical mm -hmm. and that lines up with God's word, that's when we can be very confident and we should have no shame in being assertive. Of course, not aggressive, but like yeah. you have no shame in that because it's backed by truth. And that's something so beautiful that sometimes we aren't loving someone by letting them stay in that kind of in-between stage by not telling them the truth that is found in God, you know, because it's true sometimes, you know, people say that, like love hurts and not that we should go out hurting people, but there is such a beautiful balance of that of being a good friend sometimes mm -hmm. means, you know, being a little more assertive. For sure. Okay, so now let's talk about once you had been walking with the Lord for a while, uh, how did you meet your husband? And maybe how was he or why was he different from people you mm -hmm. dated or met in the past? Yeah, so Freddie and I actually met in eighth grade. Okay. We were walking. Well, I was walking to my English class first day of school, and so was he. And I said, hey, where are you going? And he said, I'm trying to find this class. And I was like, me too. Let's walk together. So that's how we met. And ever since then, we were always in the same classes. We Both of our names ended with E, so we always sat next to each other. And we became really good friends through high school, throughout high school. Um, and then it wasn't until after high school where – he, you know, we kept in contact. He still would say like, hey, what's up? How's it going? And I would too, we would catch up. And then especially when I did become Christian, he would be like, dude, I'm so proud of you. Like, how's it going? Like, you're a Christian now. Cause he always rooted for me to be a believer in high school. But I was always like, yeah, yeah, Freddie. Like, okay, okay, okay. Um, so we kept in contact. And then it wasn't until he started working on, working on this event for church where it talked about, it was called a more VV. And it went over sex, marriage, and singleness. And he was working on this event and going around asking people questions of, you know, like other believers, like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I remember him just being like, hey, like, can I ask you a few questions? I'm working on this. And I was like, yeah, sure, Freddie, of course. And so we jump on a phone call and we're going over these questions. And I mean, I've known Freddie since he was in eighth grade, but as he was talking, I was like, dang. Like the Holy Spirit must have done something in your life because you're different. Like you're a complete different guy. Like you're no longer, I think you're no longer a boy. You're now a man. Like talking about the Lord in this way, like it, you're different. And so 
long story short, we started working on that event together. And I remember going home that night. Um, I was in the parking lot at my little dorm and going home, walking home and thinking, wow, Lord, like, I'm not trying to jump to conclusions, but if this is who you had me waiting for, because I was antsy, like, God, why don't I have my husband yet? Like, I've been praying fervently, like I've been waiting and I've been faithful. And so as I was walking back to my apartment thinking, like, if this is who you had me waiting for, I totally get it. Like, he he surpasses every prayer I've ever prayed for. Mm. And who would have thought it would have been Freddie, like someone I've known since eighth grade. Like, so that's how we met. That's how we got reconnected all over again and then we went through a season of just being friends learning each other learning about each other all over again and then shortly like three months dating um but what set him apart several things but probably his his ability to be assertive with me Mm -hmm. to lead me in my strong personality but also love me so well like I always joke and say like you're the most patient man I know but it's true like him like he's so patient with me but he is stern and that's something I desired like I think it's such a surprise that I would desire this coming from someone who's always been in control of everything someone who's always wanted to take full control over what goes on in my life who's around me events like random things and then getting into my prayer life and praying, but God, I desire someone to be assertive. I desire someone to lead me. And I believe that's truly who Jesus, or that's who God sent my way is Freddie. And I think that's what sets him apart is his ability to lead me and lead me well, lead me with love. And I learned so, I learned so much through him because it's like, I really do think I learned through him how to be assertive, but do it with love just because that's always what he's exampled with me. So there's a ton of things that sets him apart, but I think that's what caught my eyes because, because that's what my prayer was. Yeah. And he's always done it And that's such a beautiful balance, I think, because I think there's a misconception sometimes that strong women desire like weak men, Mm. but at the same time, it's like, you don't want someone that you need to constantly protect, that you constantly need to lead and guide. And so to actually meet someone that meets you with the same amount of of strength or even more, but does it in a way that understands you and sees you, I think there's so much power in that. And Mm -hmm. that's just really beautiful the way you just described that. But I also want to know how, because you just had a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, congratulations. Thank you. I'm so excited for you. But oh, yeah. um, it's just been really beautiful to watch you just become a mother. And, um, you know, my sister Candace, she was saying this earlier that you've always been such a nurturer to those around you and mm-hmm. just kind of motherly. And we talked about it, how you grew up, that probably influenced yeah. you, how you became kind of that nurturing spirit. So to see you become a mom has just been so beautiful. But I just wonder, you know, now thinking about your children and how you're mm-hmm. going to raise them. And of course, we we want our children to be strong and confident in who they are and not be bullied and stand up for themselves, but also to be loving representations mm-hmm. of Jesus. So how are you going to teach Caleb that and how are you going to balance that with your personality, with Freddie's oh, personality? Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's a great question. I'm hoping Freddie takes full force and does it all. No, I'm kidding. Um, you know, I something something I read my last trimester of being pregnant. It was, I think, either in First Corinthians or Second. Paul says, "Imitate me as I imitate Christ." 
And that's something that's resonated with my heart and stuck with me. Like, if I'm going to look to Caleb, my little disciple, and hopefully more in the future, and say, imitate me as I imitate Christ, and he imitates me, but, like, it doesn't reflect Christ, I'm doing something wrong. And so my goal in my prayer is always, Lord, help me be in submission to you consistently and help me always have your Holy Spirit in my heart for myself, right? For my relationship with you, for my relationship with my husband, but then also for my son. Mm-hmm. I pray and I hope that something Caleb can learn, and this this is something I'm still working on, is that I could lead the people around me with so much love that when he looks at it, like he's like, okay, I'm going to create unity the way my father and my mm-hmm. mother, do, they do. And so... I think for me, like the only way that's going to be possible, the only way that I can confidently say, Caleb, imitate me because I'm imitating Christ is if I'm in full submission to, to my Lord, like to God. And that looks, and I know we say it all the time in church, but that looks a lot like dying to yourself every day, being raw and honest with yourself. Like, what are the things you, you're struggling with? Do you have your community involved? Have you gone to the Lord about this? Yeah. And are you dying to it every day? Like, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of effort. And that's the thing, effort to die to yourself that I don't think a lot of people have and that I've lacked. But having a kid, it's like, I have no room to lack anymore. Mm-hmm. He's either going to grow up and go one way south or he's going to go headstrong with the Lord. And I'm not saying it's all up to the parents, but the parents, right. we have the biggest influence. Mm-hmm. And that's something I'm learning. So it's like, I have no room to be loose with certain things and yeah. to be like, oh, this relationship, like... I know I need to be assertive or I know I need to lead, but I'm just going to, yeah, eh, I'll deal with it later. Yeah, There's it's no a room. big responsibility. And, you know, I've often heard it said that, you know, kids are just mirrors mm. of who we are. And I think that's what you're saying is so important, that the best way you can, you know, encourage him to be assertive yet loving mm-hmm. or whatever is by being it yourself instead of teaching someone doing it. And I mm-hmm. think that's the thing because they will ultimately reflect you. They'll mm-hmm. ultimately of course, reflect God as they get to know him, but you are the biggest representation of God in their little lives at this moment, you know? So I think there's so much beauty in that. Well, I think we're going to wrap up soon, but I just want to hear from you. What would you encourage people that think maybe they're a little too strong for the people out there and they're trying to balance Mm -hmm. how to embody what they believe God wants them to embody, which is Mm -hmm. love and patience and kindness and goodness, but at the same time, not be a pushover and not be pushed around and and kind of lack that assertiveness. What would you encourage them with? Um, okay. So I would say if your natural instinct is to be assertive, like take that and know that it's a gift from the Lord. It doesn't always come easy to people, but use it in a way where you can create unity among others. Like understand that, okay, I can be assertive in this situation and it comes natural for me, or I can lead in this situation and it comes natural for me and do it and understand that you can bring God's people Mm -hmm. in and unify them. Like that's what our world's missing, right? Is people being unified. And then for those where it doesn't come easy, because this is what I'm coming out of, understand that you have a responsibility to create peace and unity. And if like you have a responsibility of creating unity and peace, 
And if you're being called to be assertive in a certain situation, understand that it needs to be, it needs to come from a place of, I love these people. Mm -hmm. Like these are God's people, so I love them. Mm -hmm. And I think that would just be my two little advices for one part of the spectrum, or one end of the spectrum and the other. Um, That's so powerful because there are those two types of people. And, you know, I just think sometimes we can easily characterize one as weak. You know, if someone is quiet or they lack being assertive, then it's like, oh, you lack leadership. But Mm. then if someone is too loud or they're super, you know, assertive, oh, you're too aggressive or whatever, you can either be too much or too little. And, you know, but I think there is strength in both personalities and it's something we need to, you know, I think as a kid, I would talk so much. I was just telling this to someone, I'm like, I would talk, talk, talk (laughs) all the time. And it's just like, I couldn't stop talking. (laughs) And yet I was always told like, oh, you talk so much. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you need to stop talking. And of course, I'm sure I was very immature and I would talk a ton. Mm -hmm. But as an adult, how that has been such a strength for me when I finally accepted it, that I talk a lot, maybe I'm loud, but maybe God can use my voice. And I think that's kind of what you were saying. It's just like, God can use that. If you're naturally assertive, God can use that strength to lead others. You know, if you're naturally peaceful, God can use your peacemaking, Mm -hmm. you know, to give others peace. So either way, it's like to be confident in what God has, how he has made you is something so beautiful and powerful. Totally. But now, thank you so much for just coming on the pod and talking with me about the subject. Um, Yeah, you just you had so much insight and such beautiful word. All time. So if people want to connect with you, we'll just tag you in the show notes, and you guys can follow her on there. But thank you for joining. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it.